This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. You are now listening to the Heroic Council. The Heroic Council is now live. Here we are. Today we're going to be talking about networking with Ashley Owens, but we're here early. Uh, well, we're not here early. She's here late, but it's it's our fault. We told her the wrong time. We told her three o'clock um, uh, Greenwich Mean Time. So screwed everything up, I suppose. Um, <laughs> what we're waiting for? Um, what have you guys been up to? Have you posted any like cool content lately? Uh, have you done any? Parshall, I know you're always working on like courses and like all sorts of like real deep content. You're doing like eighty part things in like seventy eight minutes. Like, what are you up to? Really? <laughs> I mean, that's how I think of it. Because like, I remember we did that. You did like 25 videos in 24 hours or something, mm-hmm. which is just preposterous. Because I just edited a video last night. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how you do such things. <laughs> no, it's um, it's it's actually coming together pretty well, like kind of what we're evolving to. So um, it's definitely around education and online courses. So with that, we've been... Um, I have like a number of clients right now working on curriculum. So I'm really into that right now and brushing up my instructional design skills that I used at one point, just in a different context when I taught high school. So it's been pretty neat to delve back into that world a little bit. Cool. So I'm I'm into like instructional design, online course, you know, outlining and refining and all that stuff. So this is all happening like behind the scenes though, right? Like this isn't stuff that like is being put out there for people to see and watch your process yet. No, not yet. Not yet. We're doing, we're doing some things behind the scenes with some uh, mock clients and some clients that we just have right now just to test out some stuff. So it's been pretty good so far just to hear what the needs are. It's kind of very beta. <laughs> so, um, but we're excited to kind of start to share some stuff pretty soon as we're wrapping up a couple of courses soon. Are you finding, oh, Jack, you're here. Great. Awesome. Um, Parchel, are you finding more people are wanting to do digital courses than before just because of the the time we're in right now? Yeah. Yeah. I think that the information industry in of itself is set to triple by 2025 and it's already was estimated to be 107 billion and it actually met that. And so now they're anticipating it'll triple. So there is a lot of conversation around it because we're used to consuming information to learn something and it's uh it's a big need and it's actually being used in a lot of businesses to supplement their operations right um it's being used to establish thought leadership in a particular area and also like some people are taking the opportunity to have their have a course made to create certifications right so if somebody has a framework or they're a coach of coaches um there's a lot of i don't know just leverage and just making your knowledge um easy to learn and um, easy to digest and put together really well. So yeah, there has been quite a rise to answer the question and like people wanting to do courses just because it's, you can do one for so many different reasons and it still works. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. I need to talk to you about that because I have a giant curriculum to create. We have Owens with us now. Hi guys. I'm sorry. Everything on my computer decided to say, Hey, you should throw myself out the window. So I am looking at, so here's what it is. My tablet. Oh, good. Zoom in on my face. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Moving things around. There you go. Now you're, now you're. Just- right. 
Am I? That's aggressive, Jeffrey. <laughs> Ew, you just called me Jeffrey. We're in a fight. We're in a fight. Yeah. So here, you guys are there, and there's so many things over there. So, hi, friends. Hi. How are you? Welcome. I can put it back in the quad view if you really want. Well, I feel like why am I even here if you're here? Like, why? Why is this even a thing that we're doing now? What do you mean? I just feel like I haven't seen you in forever, and this hurts my soul that this is the first time we're I'm doing. I agree with you. It hurts my soul. Yeah, and yet here we are, and now, and, and now it's wonderful. <laughs> we can witness our like budding. Um, I don't want to call it a bromance because that doesn't, but it, but it feels well, a little bit like that. It's, it, it's it feels bit. like a, it feels like a, a, a consensual friendship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. I'm going to put this back. I want, I want all of us in here. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, great. You're here. Okay. Sarah, you're hosting. Don't, all don't, right. don't let us travel. Derail. Come on guys, let's get this party on target. All right, let's go. So today we are seven minutes behind, but we can still provide a great show for everybody. Today we are doing a deep dive into effective networking with Ashley Owens, who's my good friend and just a super powerhouse when it comes to networking. So we go live every Monday at 2 p.m. So you can catch us on all your favorite podcast platforms on LinkedIn Live, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and put any questions you have for us in the chat and we will be answering those live as well. So Ashley, Hi. can you tell everyone a little bit about you? What do you do? Uh, I am uh, apparently a show pony um, to, to Jeff <laughs> and to you because I'll you guys tell me to go somewhere I say how high and if there's going to be liquor. Um, my <laughs> you are drinking right now, right? No, I'm not. There's there's children that I'm involved with now, but um, I I know I should be drinking more stuff. But my you have a small child in the background that's no longer my cat. That is my nephew. Okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so my job is I'm a networking concierge. So what does, what does that mean? That means that I train, educate, and consult with people on how to really grow an effective network, but uh, tangibly and tactically. So think about all the networking opportunities that you do. Think about all the things that you continue to do, even though you probably should be doing half of that. My job is to go in, trim the fat, see what you're doing, what's working, what's not working, and build a plan around, a tangible and tactical plan around building out and uh, your, your network. Um, I recently worked, hey, Jack, I recently worked with um, a company called Hio Social, which is a networking, uh, which is a tech company that specializes in networking. So they hired me on as a relationship manager and I'm in there shaking stuff up, making sure that people are very well versed in how to use their tool on their site by best networking activity and process. So that's what my job is. And then I get to hang out with Sarah and Jeff. And that's very exciting. And all these things are happening. And uh, Parshel, I assume you and Ashley have never met before. No, nice to meet you. No, you too. You didn't have a name at the bottom, so I, I was concerned. <laughs> I'm working on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a tech issue. <laughs> so Ashley and Parshel, you are both endorsed by both Sarah and I. So as oh. as you know, that means that Immediately, you guys are like besties. Oh, that's yeah. By default, we have totally. to be. Well, and it did happen for me. I hung up the phone with Ashley, and I had the same experience with Parshall. I did a Zoom with Parshall. I both of you. I got off the call, and I was like, "I'm friends with them. I love. I love them. They're awesome." So I think it's a it's a good vibe, good vibes all around. But um, I want to get into this because a lot of people right now are networking. Some yeah. people are like, "How do we do this during the pandemic?" So I mean, right now. 
why do we still need to be networking? What's so critical about this? It's a great question. And it, it's, it's an honest question. It's a fair question to ask, you know, why do we need to be networking? I think that there is a need even more so now to connect with another human being, but also because as you are either building a business, maintaining a business, working in your own business or, you know, being a part of a business, you still got to work with people. You still have to be able to manage and work and, and effectively communicate well with people. Networking gets a bad rap because it's very focused on, or at least people think it's focused on the sales opportunities. Networking is a way to build out your own, your own leadership growth within yourself, right? There's different phases of your life that you're going to go into and you're going to need people for, whether that's guidance, whether that's education, whether that's um, uh, mentorship, whatever it may be, in order for you to grow as a human being professionally and personally, you need to network. So the difference between building a, a, a network uh, or a friendship is in the follow-up. How are you following up with them? If I'm going to hang out with Sarah and she becomes a client of mine, she's become more than that because she became a friend of mine. But I also deeply care and understand her business. There are friends of mine, I couldn't tell you what the hell they did but i've known them for 10 plus years they couldn't tell me what i did and i'm on tv every week i'm like guys i'm really famous now i think you should know what i do so it's like you know you kind of like figure out are they really cool friends like do i really want to hang out with them more we really don't know but the, the point of building a network now more than ever is that th there are people that you have to, in order for you to grow, you have to communicate with other people and you're going to need resources and tools and effective ways of growing yourself as a human being professionally and personally. So networking in all of its forms is important no matter where you go and no matter how long you go without seeing somebody physically. I don't know about you guys, and I'm going to talk for myself here, but I know that throughout the entirety of this last year, my network has grown exponentially because logistically it's easier to connect with another human being. Now I'm talking connect as in like the, the like logistically to connect. The, the personal piece to it obviously has some variations of it, but I've had wonderful contacts that have become clients in Ireland, in Scotland, in Australia, and been able to reach out to people with the notion of what you're doing is really impressive. Can I have 15 minutes of your time? And being able to find and qualify those person because of the technology, because of the digital tools, because of you having the time of sitting in front of your computer and following up effectively within the appropriate amount of time is a lot easier and a lot um, more stable of a, of a workflow than going to a networking event and trying to reach out to the right person or hopefully coming by the right person, going back, following up and nurturing those relationships. Here, if you're doing it right, you're on the three or four networking groups, you're having one-on-one -on -one conversations with everybody in that group and you're following up and providing value. So logistically networking is a lot more robust and effective now than it was when we were going to events three, four times a week. Yeah, no, that's, that's helpful for sure. Um, what do you think are the best ways? So you mentioned three to four networking groups. How can people find these networking groups? Like what, what, you, what if someone's listening and they say, oh, I'm not into any networking groups. How can people go about getting involved with those groups? A couple, couple things. You can honestly reach out to me. I've had a hundred and I mean, I live in the Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York and Virginia area now. So I am involved in a lot of, um, or at least I've come across a lot of really good, robust groups that are now going virtual. So they've got these online communities. Um, the best way, so it depends on what phase of life you're at. So networking groups are good for business development managers, people who run their own businesses, people who are trying to drive community, people who are in new environments and new areas. 
What I would highly suggest you do is just reach out to me and I can tell you a couple of groups based off of your personality and what you're looking for. Or I can also send out, and I can give this to the rest of the group here, a full list of all the organizations that I've vetted over the past two years. I have a full list of that I'd be happy to give. Now, for people who are, let's say, in California, if you're going to start networking, you know, and not if you're going to start networking in your area like you want to keep it local so that way it feels more you know of, of a community feel then i go to eventbrite and start looking up organizations that revolve around things that you care about women's groups lgbtq lgbtq the alphabet mafia all of that all of those all of those wonderful cultural different um different religions different ethnicities everything get involved because it doesn't matter at this point who the hell you look like it matters of if you all think differently because in order to build a robust network you have to be able to think differently you have to have to prioritize different thoughts and feelings and and um ideas into growing and expanding your own your own knowledge base here um but to to network if you've never networked before, remember it's not, it's networking is a marketing opportunity, not a sales one. It's mm. not, think about it that as, as an, as a sales opportunity, but go to Eventbrite, search a keyword that makes sense for the things that you enjoy doing because nobody gives a damn about what you do. They care how you made them feel and what you can do for them. So if you're involved in a like-minded community already, that's a commonality. That's a conversation piece. You don't have to convince somebody of something. You can just have those conversations, scrap all the business crap that comes with it, build a relationship or at least a commonality, and then you can start digging deep into what they do. Okay. Wow. That was a, that was a, you unpacked a lot there. So we've got some stuff I want to get into. Yeah, I know. And I warned people ahead of time. I said, bring your coffee. I've got, you know, I just had an extra cup and prep for this. I think what's cool though, that we should dive into a little bit more is that difference between marketing and sales, because that's really like a paradigm shift. So can you speak a little bit more to that? And that might make networking easier for people actually. I mean, yes, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think that the, 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 the networking and the sales piece is what, or excuse me, the marketing, and the sales piece is what people get so confused about because when you talk about networking, it's like making a friend, but they, they would call it making a friend if it really was making a friend. You are of, when you are networking, you are of service of that other person. You, you are there to be of service. You're building something called the know, the like, and the trust factor. People have to know you, they have to like you, they have to trust you if they're going to give you their money, or if they're going to build a relationship with you that also facilitates their growth in their business. Um, marketing is the way that you are perceived and the way that your branding stands out and the way people that remember you. So when you go into a networking opportunity, let's say like a networking event or group, what you're doing is you're going there to give a good first impression, but to educate people on what you do. Um, but people go into it with a sales mentality, which then trips them up because they feel like they've put on a show, they have to peacock it, they have to like, you know, shove business cards in your face. These are all very common things we all talk about. What people don't talk about is the fear that comes along with both areas, whether you're doing it for the marketing purpose or you're doing it, stop it, Jeffrey, where you're doing it for the marketing purpose or you're doing it for the, the sales criteria, right? So like there's, there's a fear that comes with it. If you take away all of that pressure to sell something and go there to engage in a way that's intentional, it becomes less of a sale and more of a human to human connection. Because at the very baseline of it, the only way people will work together is if you, they have that kind of connection, unless you're purchasing a tool or a resource that's a turnkey operation. 
then you really don't necessarily need to build the one-on-one -on -one connection. You need to build brand awareness and you need to build brand loyalty, but you do that through marketing. People will purchase and buy from people that they know that they like them, that they trust. So I want to ask a question about, uh, about all this, because as you're talking about it, it, it occurs to me that when whenever I hear the word networking, I tend to think of it as I think people hear the word networking. I think they hear, oh, this is an event. There's going to be drinks. I'll have my business card. I will try to work the room and meet three people and walk out with at least five leads that I can follow up with. It's like this whole process. Yeah. yeah. When I think about networking for me personally and how I go about it, I'm not comfortable with any of that nonsense. I don't like events. I'm extroverted, but like I stand in the corner and I'm like, you can come talk to me. Yeah. To me, I think about networking as meeting new people and then holding on to the ones that I vibe with that I think are- 100%. You know what I mean, I'm like, yeah, yeah, and like, if I vibe with you, it means that I probably want to try and figure out a way to help you. Yeah, and there might be a way that you could help me too, but like, that's not where I'm at with it. I'm thinking like, I'm gonna meet someone that I think is super dope, and I want to hold on to them because I think they're cool, and I might be able to help them one day. But even if not, I just think they're cool, and I want to keep being around them. Like, that's my whole thing of networking. I guess the question that I want to boil that down to is, yeah, um. Are there different types of networking in your experience? So you're a networking concierge. You work with a lot of different types of people. That might just be my style because I watch my wife work the room. She'll walk into a room. She's lovely. Everyone loves her. She'll walk away with like 10 business cards. She's got leads. People actually answer the phone when she calls. Like it's a different thing that she does than what I do. Yeah. Are there just like as many different types of networking as there are people? Are there a couple different sort of like standard networking offerings, I guess, that people kind of do that they might be most comfortable with? Because like, I don't like these big rooms. I don't like giving out my business card. Like yeah. you have to like beg me for it, basically. Right. I think networking is such a personal activity. It's not a one size fits all mentality. So the way that your wife walks into a room, she has her own goals. She has, it's just like starting a business or it's just like completing a task. You have your own way of getting there based off of how you learn and how you grow and how you maintain your own workflow. So for you, what comes naturally, because you are a speaker, Jeff, like you're, you crush a room, whether you know that you're networking or not, it doesn't feel like it's networking because what you're doing is you're communicating with another human being the way that's the most comfortable and you're a naturally curious person and you actually give a damn about the other person. So many people, 65, I'm guessing I'm throwing a number out of my butt right now, but like, I feel like 65% of people in that room are not comfortable in their own skin. They don't know how to ask intentional, thoughtful questions because they don't care. And they um, identify as that opportunity as what can I get out of it rather than what can I give into it? And so your example is phenomenal because it definitely showcases the fact that networking in is a personal opportunity. It's not a one size fits all thing. So however you interact with another human being, I challenge you to triple down on those strengths and then just be more mindful about the gives right? You want to be more, that's in the networking portion of it, you are giving, you are providing value in some way. So whether you are going into an environment to try to help them with something and it's all in your brain, that's great. To take it a step further, have a bunch of resources that you know people typically ask you about, like networking groups, like top 10 ways to enter a room and, and or leave a, a, a conversation that works 100% of the time. Like different things that you can provide them that you know that constantly get asked because now you're just taking it a step above. It's all nice and branded and beautiful and you give it out to them and say, this is yours. I've curated this information over the course of three years. 
this is totally yours and just let me know how I can help you in the, in the future. What I typically do to step up even just giving better introductions, because it also shows the kind of character that you are and the kind of uh, company that you keep, is you build something called the tier one and the tier two list. And as Sarah and I have uh, talked about this before, is that the tier one list, these are your ride or die people. The way that you grab it and the way that you kind of position this is that you grab the top um, uh, industry names that you can find on uh, LinkedIn. It's a quick Google search. You grab all those industry names. You throw them into an Excel file. You look at all the industry names and the first person you think of put their name into that column. Then the, that's your tier one list. That could be five people. That could be zero people. That could be 250 people. I don't care. The first people you think, per, first person you think of when you think of that list. Um, the other bit to that would be <coughs> your B team, people that you know and you like, but you're still getting to trust them, you know, kind of, you know, you may have to go through um, LinkedIn to figure out exactly what they do, but you know, they're an awesome person, so you can throw them in there. When you have these introduction phone calls with new people and you ask them who is a good introduction for you on the strategic partner level, now you've got a an A team and a B team. So you match them up based off of personality. You already got the industry. You already know they, they crushed their position. It's just how do they match up with the people that you have the pleasure and the privilege of meeting. When you start doing that, you start to build an army. And this army becomes your group of champions. And these people will advocate for you when you're not in the room, just like you will when they're not in the room. So now you've got this army, but if you're going to lead that army, you have to be able to lead. If you're going to lead that army, you have to fight for them tenfold before you can even think about them fighting for you. So you start to build this community of people that you've engaged with that trust you. So by the time they want to introduce you to somebody else, they feel completely comfortable because you know they'll take care of them. You're building up you as a brand. It doesn't matter what the hell you do. I don't care about my networking concierge. I'm a, I'm a cool, fun person, and I'm going to try to help you because I probably need therapy because all I want to do is give things. I just want to give people things and feel value about giving things, right? So that's what I'm trying to, to achieve here. So when you're building a network and when you're trying to be more intentional, everybody has their own way of networking. To take it a step further, how do you follow up? It's in the follow-up. It really, I don't care if you're the best person in the room, you're peacocking it, you're walking around, you got great shoes on, you're acting like, you know, your shiitake mushrooms doesn't think I'm not taking care of all this. I'm just going to keep it out. I, I, my vote is that you can say whatever you want. But. Okay, great. But Sarah, I'm gonna, I love your face. I'm going <laughs> to um, oh, it's all good. It's all good. I know, but like, don't give me that freedom. We all know what happens with too much freedom. Um, so my, my point in this is like, you can be a different version of yourself by accentuating the, the, the skill sets that you have. I adore people. I know how to work a room because I used to work in theater. I understand and I know how to get proverbially punched in the face and be embarrassed in public. I've done it enough times. To teach other people to do that would be incredibly challenging because they have to experience it. So take your own experiences, your own relationships, the things that you actually enjoy doing and the how you communicate with another human being and be able to manifest that in a room with somebody you don't know. And then the things that make you a better networker are is, is after the conversation, is what are you doing afterwards? Please stop me because I'm just gonna keep going on and on about well, this. I think what could be helpful for people is to understand. So now I've I've met you, we've engaged, we're, we're starting our friendship. Like, 
what's the best people for things to do? You know, what are those tips to do next? I like what you said, share resources, uh, curated lists. Is that just in the form of an email? Are we hopping on the phone together? Are we doing a Zoom? What do you recommend people do after that initial meeting? If you want to keep them in your in your um, your network, what I would highly suggest is put like a monthly, just like 15 minute phone call. What's going on? How are you? Like, I'm going to take a walk outside. I want to see how you're doing. Um, I would absolutely be sharing their stuff on any social media platform, especially for co-signs with you, with your your business. Always blow them up on LinkedIn. People love love kudos they love calling out like hey sarah what do you think about this and it's in her space like that is what you want to do because you're trying to 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 champion your network so if they have something that's going on throw a quick comment throw a quick share like look at what this chick's doing like all of this stuff but make sure it's genuine just because you pick up the phone and call somebody for the first time for 15 minutes and they're like yeah we can work together i'm like you don't pass the vibe check you don't and you only have 150 people that you can maintain social interactions with, um, connections with specifically. 150 people. Who the hell are you putting in those slots? Mm-hmm. It may take you five years to get there. It may take you 10 years to find the people to put in those slots. It may take you four weeks because you know who you are. It took me three years. And there are people that are coming in and coming out all the time. Not often, not as much as it used to, but I'm starting to realize the kinds of people that I like to keep in my environment because they are better than me. They are better. They are better in, they are in more intelligent. They have a different perspective than I do. They challenge me intellectually. They make me a better human being. And there are people that are in my network that I do not agree with, but I truly adore. You just, what works for you? Your network is yours. It doesn't have to be anything specific. It's yours. Make it I love that. I love that. So we're busy. We're all busy. What are, you know, if you were to pick one networking activity, so I've got an hour in my week that I'm going to devote to networking. What is that thing that you think people should be doing? Adopt the dollar eating method. Can you tell, I I know it well, you taught it to me, but can you tell us a little more about that? Jeff, you don't know the dollar eating, it's a Gary Vee thing. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Adding your two cents to 90 Uh people. Uh-huh, uh-huh, the dollar 80 method. And the reason why is because there's a lot of um, domino effect that comes from that. So for those of you who don't know, the dollar 80 method is basically you're following the top 10 hashtags that are relevant to your industry on a social media platform like LinkedIn. Then you're commenting thoughtfully on those trending hashtags. So you're commenting and saying things of like, saying things of value that make you that subject matter expert. I hate using that word, but this is what people like to listen to. So the... You put your two cents a hundred times on posts that are relevant to your industry, the trending ones. You're going to get requests. You're going to get connection requests from those people. What you do is if they fit in your criteria of the people that you want to keep in your circles, then you reach out for a 15-minute introduction call and your whole calendar will be booked for weeks. So any new person that you connect with, say, thank you so much for connecting. I'd love to see what you're doing. Would you have a 15-minute quick introduction phone call? I'd love to see how I can help you in your business. Now, again, that was very, very high level. I've got plenty of templates on my website that do way better than that. But all you're trying to do is you're trying to get the meeting. You're trying to have a a, a significant phone call with somebody who's like-minded or somebody who is better than you in a particular particular area. So as you build up your network, be more intentional about the people that you keep into your network by utilizing and and, um, having them come to you, essentially. That's a very manual way of doing it. But if you have an hour and you do 100 posts a day that is insane i usually tell my clients to do 20 posts like start up with 20 get comfortable and go from there 
So then once our calendar starts booking up, because this actually happened to me, I was a new entrepreneur. I went to all these networking events and then my calendar started to get really crazy. I even said to Jeff, I was like, by Wednesday, I had 20 networking one-on-one -on -one yeah. calls and it got a little overwhelming, honestly. And then I felt like I couldn't actually get the work done that I needed to yeah. get done for my, for my clients and my business. So when people are at that stage, I know, and actually that's when I called you and I said, Ashley, yeah please help me now. Like what's a good next step for, for people in that boat? Cause it's like that first step you told us worked. <laughs> it worked too well. many meetings. No problem. That's why I pay you. Know, I charge you for a second, <laughs> for a second meeting. Cause I overwhelm you first. No, I'm just kidding. I'll do that. Um, but the, the, the next thing you would do is, is, and I fell into that trap too. I think we talked about this. Like that's exactly what happened to me. I would go to three or four networking events a week and I would tr I would bite off more than I can chew because I would also have the follow-up attached to that as well. I would think of like three or four people and those also take time to curate those, those, those emails, which would take time, especially if you got, I don't know, 45 people I have to give introductions to because I'm an idiot and I didn't catch up last week. So like that's time consuming. The rule of thumb and what I did in 20, in 2020, before everything went crazy was, uh, or excuse me, 2019 was any new person that was not a direct referral from somebody, let's say from the dollar 80 method, I would ask for a 15 minute phone call, not for a 30 minute zoom call, 15 minute phone call. And that 15 minutes I was managing and controlling that conversation because I know how to interview and because I actually, I'm a naturally curious person as you, everybody on this call is, I knew the kinds of questions to also educate the person how to continue the conversation with me. So we would go through, I wouldn't steamroll through it. I would just ask the questions that I needed to be able to get to know them. And if the conversation went further than that, I had a buffer on it through my calendar for 15 minutes after. So that way I, would, I wouldn't rush them off the phone if I needed to. The goal would be is to is to learn more about them. If the, if the conversation went further than that, then we on the call would schedule another time, only if it made sense. Or if I had action items, then I would add and follow up with with those follow up um, uh, introductions. For anybody new that came in, it would be a fifteen minute phone call on my calendar only, unless it came from a referral it'd still be a 15 minute phone call because that's a person I've never met before, unless they are specifically asking me for something to do with my services. Then that to me is a discovery call. But 98% of all of the phone calls that I take are all introductions of who you are, what you do, what makes you awesome. And then my job in my own little world is to give introductions to other people who also find them to be just as interesting. So that's the way that I connect. And that's the way that I kind of streamlined it. I blocked off Mondays and Fridays for admin work, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, and then I would block off certain times for introduction calls. With this new position that I have working with this tech company, I'm now only taking my personal calls, uh, my introduction calls uh, between the hours of six and nine at night. And people have been fine with it because they're cooking dinner, I'm cooking dinner, we're chatting and it's a lot less, we're all exhausted and it's a lot more casual, which I prefer. And then during the day, I have my meetings with my clients and things like that. So, or meetings with, with um, Hayo and all that jazz. So you, you have to just be, you know, the moment that I, I felt comfortable even doing that was when I wouldn't have to introduce myself on a phone call as much as I used to, mm. like what I did. I would get somebody calling me asking, saying, I've looked at all your stuff. Like they came either prepared or they knew my name. And that's when I was like, I could take a step back and not push so hard. So that, that was when everything kind of changed a little bit.
I think the key there is like you are in control of this and you you have permission to be in control and like you set the schedule and don't necessarily let this become a runaway train. Make sure that it's serving you from a friendship and a growing perspective, but also benefiting your business. Or, or my network. If I felt like if they could serve my network, that was the priority. It wasn't about serving me, which is probably a problem. But if they could serve my network, and that was the, that was the number one thing. Because yeah. I, am, I am nothing without my network. I am nothing I without the people. Without, those, without the people that have... Listen, when I moved to Virginia, I was just telling you about this. I had so many people reach out, be like, hey, I've got somebody in, in Virginia that could help you out if you need that. Like reaching out, I put, I posted something on LinkedIn the other day that I cried for an entire weekend. It was 5,000 views in 24 hours and like 75 comments because I was leaving Philadelphia. People thought that I, I thought that I was dying. Maybe, I don't know, but it was like people I hadn't heard from in years just saying the kindest, most engaging things. And as an Irish Catholic, I panicked because it was too much, too many feelings. I didn't know what to do with them. And so it was, you don't realize who you're impacting. So impact everyone. Try to make it every day that you are, are, are of service to somebody else because you have no idea what your resource, what your tool, what your conversation could benefit them in some way. I love that. Um, I think, Parshall, you had a question. Yeah, oh. I was curious. Um, what comes to mind is technology and automation. And yeah. I know that there are a lot of people who utilize that and have different viewpoints on how to incorporate that, but um, it seems that it's not been the case. What are your thoughts on automation as a tool in the networking process? Or is that something 100%. that- Okay. hundred percent. I think that there is, there is a level of automation that you can do. And there are tools out there that are very good at keeping your trash brain recycled. Like there, so again, I, the only reason why I work for this company, Hio, is uh, hit it off. It's, it's a company that specializes. They're building communities on websites. It's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal tool, and I get a chance to be part of and, and help build out the infrastructure to help uh, create a better client and onboarding process for them. Right, but it's all things that revolve around networking. It's not there to hinder or take away from the activity. It's there to help it. And so, if it was like. So I use HubSpot just to gather the kinds of people that I'm connecting with. I don't use it to a, to its fruition as I should. But the one thing I used um, that I loved using was Zapier. And Zapier has an email automation process that worked wonders. But it took me two years of manually doing it to see what worked and what didn't work and what I needed to offer. So I would do five gives before an ask. So my email integrate or my email automation would go as follows. I would have a phone call with somebody by using Calendly. They would get an email after 24 hours later saying, thank you so much. It was awesome chatting with you. Here are the top, you know, 50 ways to network. That was a downloadable that came directly from my from my website, right? Super simple, free, Merry Christmas, have this. This is great. This will help, help, help you in the long run. Couple days later, I would send out an automated email from Zapier, which looked like it came directly from my email saying, hey, what are your thoughts on this downloadable? I would love to make some edits for the new year. And for like for six months, I would get these great, this great feedback that would automatically get edited into the, it was great. So it ended up helping build out more content. And I was genuinely interested, but I didn't want, you know, if I had 13 calls that week, I'm not sending that email out 
right away. I would use that. Then the next email would be, hey, thank you again so much for you know your chatting or whatever. Um, here's a, uh, I just put this hidden link on my website. These are all the tools and resources that I use to help build out my network. So whether it's 365, a list of 365 free, free tools, all of the um, affiliate programs that I had that were the tools that I use like DocuSign and Evernote, all those things. So that way they can have access to that. And then, so that's the third give. The fourth give when I was a part of uh, Connect to Success on RVN TV, I was interviewing people on how to be uh, on networking. I would invite them to come. It's like, just come on, here's a link, click on that, you schedule it, come on the show and keep it simple. And so, and the last one would be, hey, I've got this networking audit or I can coach, feel free. I would love to know your feedback on, you know, what I'm offering. Feel free to send this to whoever you like. So it's, I would do four to five gives before an ask and it was never really a sale. It was all, here's how resources that I could help you with. And then at the very end, if you'd like to schedule some time with me, here you go. One note on that, because I, I went through this workflow with Ashley. It was so interesting to me because it was, it didn't seem automated at all. And it came from her Outlook or Gmail account. So it wasn't like yeah. overly branded. It wasn't MailChimp or Flowdesk. It was really just this personal thing. And I definitely responded with, you know, yeah. my, my comments on the resource. And I just thought that was so smart. And I, I ended up using my personal email and my business email. So I got it twice and I was like, oh, that is automated. But I still really appreciated it. And I was like, that felt so personal. And I think that was the moment that I said, I, I want to actually work with her and do business with her because that was just so genuine. And so um, you gave so much. And I, and if anybody wants to do that 15 minute phone call with Ashley, like book it now, because I hung up the phone with you and I thought, whoa, I just learned so many things in such a short amount of time. That's the best part though about you, Sarah, is like you are so, not only are you coachable, you just have an affinity to, to want to learn and you understand people in a way with compassion and with empathy and people nowadays that are, nowadays I sound like I'm 75 years old, people typically are in, day. I know, back on my day, um, people are typically not aware of how you can create audit, how you can create processes and but they have to be personal like your your whole brand is so personal like your warmth is showing through your entire brand you never have to feel like you're forced with anything that you do meaning like it never feels forced with you there are a lot of companies companies out there that inherently it's very transactional so depending on the level and what you want your brand to be, that's really the kind of communication style you should have. So as you're building out your automation, when you were, when you were asking me about that, my biggest thing was like, I am, have been, everybody that I've, I've worked with has had me a hundred percent of the time. I was so nervous about putting any kind of automation, but then I realized it could help when my trash brain where I'm burnt out, didn't work. So that's why using Zapier, because it came directly from my email inbox was so important to me. It took me six months to build the damn automation because it's all HTML and I'm not very techie, but the, but it worked and it kept my, my connect to success interviews lined up and people were booking out for months in advance, which helped my workflow. So I could spend more time. So like, do you see how like all of this stuff makes sense? Like whatever makes sense for you in your business and what the, the time that you need to put to it, 
figure out a way for everything else to get automated. And you can still do that with these tools. Even with Hover, like I was one of the first, um, about four years ago, Jason Caparo um, from Ohio reached out to me and said, I need help with, or I would love your feedback on follow-up because we're putting this into our application, into our into our tech. I was like, what do you want to do? You want to have it pop out into a Gmail or an Outlook and not within the app because everyone gets all these notifications and people are still making introductions through their email. They're go like that's never going to change, or at least in my opinion, that wasn't going to change. So, you know, years later, they're still using that effectively. And so what Hio is doing now is that they are building out communities on your site to automate those connections. So once you connect with that person, it's like, hey, what would you like to do later on? Would you like to follow up with an intro, with a compliment, with things like that? So it it keeps you sane. It helps you maintain those relationships and it triggers a task um, to quickly do so that way the other person feels that, it, that they're top of mind and that you're there for them. I love that. So, yeah. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit. I would have considered myself not someone who was comfortable in the networking space. I didn't want to sell myself. So what are some things that people who are listening to this who say, oh gosh, I really probably should hop onto some of these networking calls. They get on there, like what do they need to be prepared with? You know, an, an, an intro about themselves, a, a link, a way for people to get in touch with them. Like what are those kind of key things that if you're going into a networking setting, you should be prepared with? Great question. So the number one thing is people talk about their pitch. I say, you know, for the sake of conversation, don't necessarily have a pitch, but have a story. How did you fix the problem? So rather than going in and saying like, this is what I do. I'm a financial advisor and I save you money on your car insurance. Like too much, too much. That's not what we want to hear there, Chad. Um, but if you go into it and say like, I have, I was, I was happily and privileged to be able to help my friend save this amount of, like you're telling a story that's one shows your character, shows the process to which that you've been able to accomplish that task and kind of gives people a little bit more of an idea of who you are as a person rather than just saying a script. So the first thing is figure out or make something up of a problem that especially if you're new uh, of a problem that you've solved so that way you can have that storytelling opportunity for those 30 for those 30 seconds the other thing i would do is go in there with the intention of not getting anything out of it you go into every single opportunity and saying like this is never going to be fr fruitful for me you have no idea you have no idea you gotta give it three months three give it the honeymoon period to figure it out because that's going to be, you know, the, the amount of time that you take in, in these instances is, is going to be, you know, a, a very big component to how you build and retain the network. Awesome. So, so yes, yeah, screw the pitch. Nobody cares what you do. Uh, storytelling. Because um, our friend Jeff, our friend Jeff from Nine Dots, we love him. He talks about his storytelling opportunities. Um, and then the other thing is go in there also recognizing that, you're there to just figure out who you want to talk to. Always do a one-on-one -on -one with somebody from that group, especially if it's online. Like ping somebody and say, I really like what you're doing. Can we have a 15-minute call after this? All of them will say yes. They'll all say yes. Yeah, definitely. So now that we've got this digital networking down, in a few months, hopefully, the world is going to open up again. And I think in-person yeah. events and in-person networking is going to be back with force. Like people are going to be want to be out and about. So what things should we be ready for when things go back to in-person networking? 
Here's my theory. I, I The thing is, nobody could have predicted the pandemic. And anybody that could tell you, like, here's what you should be doing during the pandemic. It changes every week, especially with the vaccines. Like, don't listen to anybody that gives you guarantees because nobody has an idea. My theory in this in this area is that people will be going to networking events less but bigger. So for example, they'll do more, let's say top golf, they'll do more activities and social functions rather than <laughs> the like breakfast meeting or lunch meeting or happy hour, because they've gotten used to being way more intentional about who they keep in their circles because of the time constraint that we have now. So people are used to being home with their families. They're using to be more intentional about the people that they talk to. They're not gonna sit on a phone call with somebody who's pitching them while you've got a kid on your lap, you're making dinner, the dog's crapped on the floor. Like they're not going to sit there and take the same crap they used to take at BSing their way through networking events. Myself included, I'm not going to every event a week. I'm going maybe one a month, one to two. Only if there's food. And if I'm going to see people that I haven't, like, if this is a replacement for my dinner, perfect, I'll be there. But I'm not going to a breakfast meeting that I could be sitting in my pajama pants, chatting with you, having the same wonderful conversation, not spending $75 on a French toast. Like, I'm saving money. I'm able to have the conversation in less time with more intention. And I can say no to you. I can't say no to the 17 people around the, you know, the table that want to chat for a half a second over burnt coffee. I don't have the time for that anymore because I'm talking to 13 people from Australia. I'm talking to my business owner who needs to handle a certain situation about building community on his website and making sure that he's taken care of. So the, the priorities have changed. Um, to navigate through um, networking events moving forward, if you're going to go out, do it to nurture relationships. You're welcome to go to build new ones. I think it's going to be a great way. But I personally think that people are going to go out to see their friends, the people that they've built relationships with already, in activities that are not work-related because we're probably working twice as hard working from home and meeting twice as many people working from home. Um, but that's my theory. But you won't see me at a networking event may, maybe four times a month, maybe. But I'm not going to three or four a week. I've got three or four calls this week with 60 people on it. And I'll be coming back to Philadelphia for one event in the next right. six, You know. So if you want Ashley at your event, you need a meal replacement, full food, not Pain. just appetizers. We want full meals of food and, and drinks also, <laughs> preferably. And I was laughing and because it's so true. And you're gonna have to invite. I've had some horrible food. Yeah, food's important, and like I gotta be able at this point. Like I've done this for so long, and I've 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 for so long. Like I'm a little fart here. I've done this for a amount of time where I'm learning about more about who I want to keep in my in my network because I fight for them tooth and nail, and I'm starting to realize my own value. And it took me a very long time to, to get there. And I'm still learning. But I also know the people that I used to waste my time on that were very much takers. And I wanted them to emotionally enjoy my company rather than strategically work together. So we both could benefit from. Not like financially, I'm talking about professionally. So now that I have that kind of understanding of who I am and who I would like to continue to be, my willingness to be around people who do not share that same kind of uh, outlook 
aren't necessarily people that I would like to spend my precious time with that could be going to the clients and the people that have earned that from me. Um, so that's, it's all towards to make sure my network is, is fully, um, uh, is just fully taken care of. That's, that's my main focus here. I love that. So we got to start to wrap it up kind of soon. But one thing I want to ask you is, you know, what's a good conversation starter with strangers? So we get back to the, to the, to the room yeah. with the people. Like if I'm shy, if I'm an introvert, you know, what, what's a good way to just say, I've got to go up to that person and say something like, what do you recommend in those situations? So if you're shy and an introvert, What'd you say, Jeff? I'm so curious what you're going to say to this. I have like a whole litany of stuff. I know you've got a whole stuff. I, I know you've, I think you gave, I think you gave me a bunch of stuff in the very beginning. I got to talk to you offline. <laughs> anyway, there are, that's just for another day, another cocktail. But um, one of the things I like to say, there's a couple different phrases I like to use and I'm very quick to crack a joke. So that's my way of doing it. I crack a joke about something that is blatantly obvious, like, the food here is awful or, you know, this drink isn't strong enough, but these are things that work for my personality. What I also like to train my clients in is to say something to the effect of, Hey, what brings you here today? One, this is why I open the door for a conversation to figure out who they're there with, the kinds of people that they're typically trying to meet. And, you know, they'll go right into who they are and what they do. They'll go right into it. So as long as you open the door up without saying, Hey, what do you do? Like, don't say, Hey, what do you do? And it'll be, cares nobody cares <laughs> just what brings you here just what brings you here i love that that's keep awesome it simple keep it simple and it, it, that just it's an open-ended question there perfect i love that do you have any like a favorite networking story or a funny yeah. networking moment and you can only pick one depends on the audience because um <laughs> <laughs> my favorite ne oh you know what i do have a favorite networking story so this is isn't at an event i gave a presentation i tell this story a lot because it, it really kind of circles back so um i gave a presentation to uh, a tech group uh, at the pyramid club and i had this woman come over after my presentation and she just looked like she was defeated like you know especially as women like there's a look that you see in other women where you just okay what do you need? And so she came up after my, my presentation and I looked at her and she said to me, she goes, Hey, can I talk to you for a second? I said, yep. And I moved everybody away and I brought her over to a table because I knew it was either going to be something extraordinary or she just needed help in some way. And I did not want to be distracted by anybody else. So she comes over, she's like, I would love to get your opinion. And if this woman could have been my aunt, she could have been, she was a little bit older. She says, I would love to get your opinion on starting my own business. And of course, knowing full-fledged me, I got very excited about gassing her up. But I don't think that's what she needed. And so I kind of held myself back between aggressively yelling affirmations at her to just listening. And she said something to the effect of, I have all these credentials, um, you know, but I, my kids are out of school. My husband's not really comfortable with me you know, starting my own business. I'm not really sure. And then she just went over a list of all of her certifications, which would throw somebody off a chair, how incredibly qualified she was. And she was saying it in such a humbled, not even recognizing her own worth kind of way. And again, like I, the anxiety in the, my gut started to kind of, you know, crumble. And I looked at her and I said, what, what can I help you with? 
because what it looks like to me is that you've got everything you need to start it, um, to start, you know, this, this business and you just need the permission. And she goes, I might need that. I said, the kids are out of school, try for six months. You have all of the financial stuff on the back end that you can, you can hang on to right now. What's the worst that can effing happen? And she just looked at me because I cursed and I think she'd never heard a curse word before in her life. And I just kidding. She was very nice, but, um, I, she, she just needed that permission. And a year later, I got a call, uh, I got a call from her and she said, I don't know if you remember me, but I talked to you for 15 minutes outside of one of your networking, uh, networking presentations. And I took your advice and I am the happiest that I've ever been. And when you start off a business or you try to give feedback, a lot of the things that you do and a lot of things that you try to do has been to, to give advice off of your own, your own experience. And when it works, you don't know half the time. You just know that what you're, the advice that you're giving is what worked for you. And the fact that she needed permission from me when I had just started my own business meant that I was going down the right path in the right area. Because, you know, when you start your own thing, you don't really know what area you're going down. You're kind of just winging it until you get there. And at that time, I was winging it and trying just to get there to, to be, to have value. And I will never forget that. And I got this beautiful call and this voicemail, or this beautiful call, and she also wrote something to me on LinkedIn. And it was absolutely extraordinary. And that is so important because I had somebody do that for me. Um, when I was working as a waitress, I got plucked from being a waitress, um, about 10 years ago and they saw value in me when I didn't, and I would not be here without them plucking me from being a waitress. They gave me an opportunity. Those guys are the best. So I knew if I was going to start something, I wanted to give back every day just to make up for what those guys did for me. And that was the moment that I knew, oh, I did that. So I love that's that. that is amazing. Thank you for sharing that. That is fantastic. It's like, that's the reason you do what you do. It's too much emotion. <laughs> I love this. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Well, we wrap up every episode with things that we're into. Ugh. So who has something that they're into right now? <coughs> I mean, I could go real saucy, but I'm not going to want to see what everybody has to say. <laughs> No, Jeff, I, you're into everything. Like you're just every week. I always have something like, <laughs> ready to go. Um, yeah, I mean, right now, like candidly, I'm super into Fiverr.com <laughs> because, yo, you realize you can get people to do anything on Fiverr.com. Okay, so let's just talk about what Jeff Gibber just purchased in the past. <laughs> so, uh, so I won. I'm I finally am pulling the trigger on like. Uh, getting some of my content made into lead magnets, which by the way, my hardest decision here is like, I have too much content. So where to start? So that's yeah. a very standard one. That's a very standard one. I was like, you know what? Crap. I'm on Fiverr. Let's just browse around a little bit more. What? Else? Holy crap. Someone will draw me as a superhero. Bought it. Bought it. And it's coming in three days. And I'm really excited about it. And it's going to have my logo on my chest. And I look like a Marvel superhero. And they're going to give me big muscles. And it's going to be super dope in my brand colors and everything. And, and, and this person's in Indonesia and they were like, yo, your logo is perfect for a superhero. I was like, I know, I know. So I'm really into that. 
These are things I mean. Yes. For That's me, kind of I would say, I, I just started this book called The Artist's Way. You guys heard Ooh, of it with uh, yeah. by Julia Cameron? Very, very interesting book. So uh, it helps open up creativity is the point. So excited to delve into that. So I'm really into tapping into my inner child and my inner space to connect to my creativity. <laughs> so the I'm excited for that. Way. Adding it. All right, sweet. That's good. Ashley, you got one that's saucy? Hmm? Anything? Um, I was going to say something real funny but, because we're all friends now, but I realize that this is a live stream and I have a job now. So um, there are the things I'm into right now are I'm going to go back to the gym. Like I'm going to go, I used to be, a, I used to do CrossFit. And so I have now moved to Virginia. And so I'm here with living with my sister. So my costs are way down and I'm going to go back into normalizing my time stopping at 5:30 so I can get my butt to the gym because the community that's there feeling strong again and just eating like I have to eat well and I have to stop drinking coffee and drink more water in order, in order to survive those workouts so it's forcing me to do those things which I'm very excited about so that's what I'm into right now hallelujah I got to get on that same train I live on coffee and whiskey and I basically don't drink any water throughout the day except when I get a migraine in the morning and then I'm like crap I'm to catch up so I'm with you on that um that's very cool Sarah do you have anything that you're into or do you just want to leave it with the three of us no that was good I've got nothing okay nothing that's better than that that's great Okay, well, awesome. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to Jack Beck, who has been tuning in on uh, Facebook with us for like several weeks. Jack, you were like one super dope individual. You're very handsome. Uh, I like what you do. You're very smart. Uh, I don't know if people have told you this, but you've got a great personality. And I haven't yeah. met you yet, but you're great on, on the Facebook comments. And I hope to one day meet you. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you to anybody else who's tuned in. Keep in mind, you can check us out. Heroic Council every Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. You can catch us on YouTube, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, all over the place. If you're a podcast kind of person, crap, go download it off of iTunes. Give us five stars. It's a Monday. Why not? So that's that. See you on the next one. Ashley, you're so freaking cool. I'm so glad you're here. And I can't wait until we turn off the stream so we can just geek out. Okay. Before we go, before we go, oh. Ashley, how can people connect with you and find oh, you? I forgot that. Yeah, it's fine. Just Google my name. Uh, uh, Ashley, AshleySis.com. AshleySis.com. Check out Hio hover we're looking for beta customers right now we need 50 beta customers and uh to build out this new tech so if you guys want to jump on that train let me know um but yeah that's the best way to contact me thank you so much it's actually awesome. assists right like plural actually assists. yeah mm -hmm. yes like this oh, with an ass at the end. This? like this like like what i did that's it. Like, that. like that like that like that people that's where you get her that's where you find her that's where you try to get that 15 minutes trust me it's worth it it's freaking awesome all right love y'all thank you for tuning in bye bye